Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionists and dietitians from Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We explain the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned for practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through real food nutrition. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down the cobblestones. Looking for fun and feeling groovy. Welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Cassie Weenus, registered and licensed dietitian, and today we're going to talk about stress. We're going to talk about how, believe it or not, some stress can be good for you, and we're going to talk about how too much stress can lead to addiction, anxiety, depression, and even obesity. And I also want to welcome you to our discussion on stress today. My name is Kara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist. And I personally have learned how to manage my stress so that it doesn't turn into panic and an anxiety attack. And we'll be sharing more about that as the show goes on. But today's Dishing Up Nutrition is called Conquering Your Stress, and it's brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. We're a company that provides life-changing nutrition education and also individual nutrition therapy. Here at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we truly believe food makes a difference Food makes a difference in many aspects of our life, and certainly it makes a difference in how we manage our stress. One thing that I've learned in my 40-plus years of life is that stress is an inevitable part of our life. However, the way that you deal with stress may not necessarily be normal. I think a lot of people think of stress as being bad, but, and I know this is new information for some of the listeners, Stress can actually be good. It can either be good or bad. And a lot of that has to do with how you choose to deal with your stress. That is so true, Cassie. You know, stress can often be good because it causes us to pay attention to what's going on around us. Just as an example, think about traffic, which is horrible lately oh with my the Lord. latest snowfall in Minnesota. But and then that sinkhole. <laughs> oh, oh, exactly. I have not experienced that. Yeah. I can't even imagine. But the more traffic that's out there, well, the more you're going to pay attention. And think about your bank account, your relationships. If we think of something as stressful, it usually means that we are paying more attention to to it, whether it be our bank account or relationship or rush hour. Right, right. And many times stress can be good because it motivates us. I think back to when I was in college, it was hard to get into the dietetics program. You needed a pretty high GPA to be accepted. So that motivated me to study hard for my exams. That stress motivated me. Fast forward a couple of decades. Now stress motivates me to pay my bills on time because having those late fees is pretty stressful. My kids' health motivates me to get in the kitchen and cook and to cook gluten-free and dairy-free meals because, honestly, heartburn, skin rashes, and sick kids are just too stressful. Isn't that the truth? (laughs) Yes, yes. So it motivates me to get in the kitchen. So I guess what I'm saying is I take advantage of stress to motivate me to do the things that I need to do Mm -hmm. to live my best life and to provide the best environment for my family. And I think there is a balance, too. You know, if you have too much stress, especially chronic long-term stress that you are not managing, that can actually turn into a chronic health condition. We hear about this all the time. I mean, people have anxiety 
depression, obesity, Alzheimer's disease, heart disease, cancer, and autoimmune diseases are all chronic health conditions. And if you do have chronic stress in your life, it really needs to have a stress management plan. So kind of think to yourself, do you have chronic stress? And if so, do you have some sort of a stress management plan in place? Yes, having a plan is key. And hearing you say that, it it makes me remember a conversation I overheard recently. There were two older gentlemen kind of talking about how they viewed stress. And the one man had just recently retired and he was saying he was so happy to be in retirement because he has no stress now, no kids stress, no work stress, no house stress. He basically wiped his slate clean of any and all commitments and no longer has any stress and anxiety. And then it was interesting to hear the other older gentleman's response. And this gentleman was about the same age. He could be retired, but he chooses to continue to work. And he said, I love to go to work and I love helping out my kids and I love volunteering several times a week because the stress of being involved helps me to be more more alert and more engaged. And basically that leads to his happiness. He was saying that he enjoys being an active participant in life. And he also made the comment that he has learned, and I think this is key. He said he has learned how much he can do and when he needs to back down a Hmm. bit. So basically it sounded like he had developed his own stress management plan. And that's what we want our listeners to start to think about today, your own stress management Mm -hmm. plan. Mm -hmm. I think, oh, that's just very wise. Those are wise words. I've learned how much I can do and when I need to back down a bit. We can all learn from that. When I sat down and started to develop my own personal stress management plan, I realized there's a brain-body connection. So when my brain perceives stress, things happen like my heart might start to race, my palms might start to get a little sweaty. So there's definitely that brain-body connection. There's an old saying, I'm sure everyone's heard this, if mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. (laughs) You can kind of take that same phrase and apply that to your brain. If your brain isn't happy, your body isn't happy. happy. And then it's very difficult to manage stress. So if your brain is not happy, your body will probably suffer. And so that is where stress management has to come into place. Just like that gentleman saying, you know, I really know when it's time to back down. Also, Cassie, we're going to talk more today about how we give our brain the nutrients that it needs, and the support that it needs so that we can manage all this stress better. That is key. That is so key. And I I want everybody out there listening to think about the fact that what you get out of your brain is determined by what you put into it. At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we always say food matters. And so we will be talking more about what do you need to put into your brain in the area of food and nutrients to get the most out of it. But first, I firmly believe that sleep matters just as much, maybe even more, when we talk about managing our stress. And we have said it so many times on Dishing Up Nutrition that for good brain function, we need at least seven and a half hours of sleep most nights of the week. If you can get eight to nine hours of sleep a night, that's even better. 
a healthy brain habit that I have written into my own stress management plan is really to get adequate sleep. It's just a top priority for me these days. It actually always has been. But even as I get older, I find that it's more important to get that seven and a half, maybe eight and a half hours. I'm with you. Since we spend about a third of our life sleeping, we really need to understand that sleep is critical to maintaining optimal health. So when I get eight to nine hours of sleep, first of all, my concentration's better. My f- I can focus more. I can make better decisions. And I'm able to manage both the good and the bad stress better. So sufficient sleep has been found to play a key role in helping to get rid of toxins keep things like neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's and Parkinson's at bay. Isn't that interesting? Right. And intellectually, I always understood the importance of sleep, but I did struggle in the past. Part of it was maybe not making it a priority paired with some insomnia. But when I wasn't sleeping enough, those stressful events that are inevitable, like you said, would cause me a lot of anxiety. So I knew that I had to make sleep a priority in order to just avoid having that constant anxiety. (laughs) Absolutely. And we've talked about sleep on several of our past Dishing Up Nutrition shows, and probably some of our longtime listeners have heard several of those shows. So today our topic isn't sleep, but yet we're going to highlight how to get a good night's sleep because it is so key in managing your stress. And all of us at Nutritional Weight and Wellness call Cara, who's here on the (laughs) air with me today, the sleep expert. I mean, I just, what was it, a couple months ago, I kind of ran into a roadblock. And so right away I thought, oh, I need to email Cara. Well, I do what I can because I've experienced a lot and I've had a lot of trial and error. So Yeah, so you, you truly, yeah, from experience, know a lot about helping people to cure that insomnia and get a good night's sleep. What is your biggest um, recommendation when you hear somebody say, I'm not sleeping well? Well, I think, you know, first we look at, are they not able to fall asleep or are they not able to stay asleep? Right. And so I'm look, just looking at the clock and thinking, how Should about we, we take talk our to break that when, about that when we come back? And then I would love to share more about that when we come back. That's perfect. If you're just joining us, you're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. And before we go to break, I do want to share some stress management eating habits that both I and Cara have found helpful. Habit number one, drink eight to 10 glasses of water a day and limit anything that dehydrates you, like the coffee, the pop, the alcohol. Dehydration can impair your thinking, your judgment, and how you handle stress. And then habit number two, before we go to break, eat good quality protein throughout the day. Protein provides the necessary building blocks for your brain health, and it supports your ability to manage stress. And if you have questions for us today about conquering your stress, call us here at the studio at 651 641-1071. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Have you said to yourself, I really want to know more about nutrition? Or maybe you want to know what is the best way to feed yourself or your family. Perhaps you have a health problem and you want to see how nutrition can help. 
If any of these ring true to you, I suggest that you sign up for the upcoming Weekend Weight and Wellness Seminar. It's the weekend of January 26th, 27th, and 28th. And you can let six very passionate nutrition educators inspire you to utilize the power of nutrition and learn how eating real food can be life-changing. So take our Weekend Weight and Wellness Seminar with a friend or family member And you can continue the conversation long after the weekend seminar is over. If you are a nurse or a social worker, you can get continuing ed credits. And just call 651-699-3438 to sign up. Or you can go to our website, weightandwellness.com, for more information. Or you can sign up online as well. That is such a great... seminar and it's wonderful that we can offer it in a short period of time because we often have people flying in from out of state then i was just thinking know, about and making that. a fun weekend of it um, whether they're coming from i don't know south dakota i mean i, I think could be anywhere east, east coast one time um yeah yeah it's been a while since i've taught the weekend seminar but such a great city to make mm-hmm. a long weekend of too we have the mall of america great wolf lodge right. just opened up at the mall of america there's so much fun um to do in addition to learning some yeah. great nutrition information. And especially even if you're local and, you know, Minneapolis area right. or suburb and you just are not able to commit to the six one hour, you know, six weekly, weeks in a row. Yep. You, you know, can this get is it, a great option. You can for get you. it all done. So before we went to break, we were talking about sleeping and how Cara, you always have some great tips to share on sleeping. That's one of your areas of expertise. So you know, what's what's a baseline recommendation that you think everybody should follow in order to get good sleep? Sure. Well, and I just I should preface this by saying that like 100 percent of people need to follow this. But if you are someone that wakes up or tend to wake up at, you know, two in the morning, three in the morning, you just wake up too early. You can't get back right. to sleep. I would suggest eating a bedtime snack before you go to bed. And I do this consistently Otherwise, I tend to wake up at about 3 a.m. and my brain just kind of goes into full gear, worrying or thinking about what do I need to do tomorrow? What did I not get done the day before? I'm the same way. <laughs> so and, it, and, you know, to give the listeners a little biochemistry, it's because for those of us that have to focus on doing the right things to get a good night's sleep, when you don't have that bedtime snack, your blood sugar falls too low by about two or three so your brain knows it needs fuel and it wakes up. Mm-hmm. Now you're not sitting there with a stomach that's growling, so you might not connect those dots, but it's a low blood sugar. Yes. And thank then being you for awake, saying that. Right? Then being awake can let your mind biochemically, go crazy. that's exactly what's going on. Your brain is starving for glucose, fuel, you know, but we if we fuel in advance, and the really important piece of that bedtime snack is the healthy fat. Because we know that healthy fat is so stabilizing for our blood sugars. And that it, so delicious. And delicious. <laughs> it would prevent the 3 yes. a.m. wake up. So an example might be I would have a small apple or half of a large apple with a tablespoon of peanut butter or almond butter. So that peanut butter or almond butter would count as the healthy fat. Another option might be half cup of leftover sweet potato with a couple of teaspoons of butter. I've done that one many times. That's like a treat at bedtime. It really is. Or a coconut oil, a couple of teaspoons mm. of coconut oil on that sweet potato. And it's, again, that good fat to keep the blood sugar balanced. And But the carbohydrate, like the apple and the sweet potato, 
that helps to keep enough glucose supporting the brain. So it's kind of that combination of the carbohydrate and the healthy fat. Yep. It's the magic combination, right? Right. So, you know, before I found nutritional weight and wellness, so we're talking well over a decade ago, I was eating a low fat diet because that's the diet I was taught in college. That's what I thought I was supposed to be following for good health. And guess what? I had a lot of trouble sleeping at that time in my life. And I know that for, I don't know, maybe the past 30 years or so, the so-called experts have been giving out the advice that to lose weight, you don't ever want to eat after 6 p.m. Well, at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we have found that when we ourselves, Cara and I, as well as our clients, eat a bedtime snack consisting of a small amount of carbs, like Cara mentioned, the half of the apple, could be a half of a cup of berries, something like that. And of course, don't forget your healthy fat, whether it's the nut butter or the butter or the heavy cream. When you have this balanced bedtime snack, you sleep better and you lose weight. And in fact, the research supports this. Research has found that we need sufficient sleep in order to maintain a healthy metabolism and Mm -hmm. lose that unwanted weight. So true. So if people are concerned about, oh gosh, I better not have an extra couple hundred calories because if weight loss is a goal for them, they might be afraid to eat before bed. But if you don't eat and you wake up and you're laying there all night, we'll talk more about the hormone shift that can happen in your body and you actually end up storing that more works fat. against you. You're better mm-hmm. off to have the bedtime snack and lose weight because you're sleeping soundly. Exactly. <laughs> For my own stress management plan, I just really make sure my blood sugar is balanced all throughout the day. That's important because if we don't balance our blood sugar throughout the day, that can inhibit a good night's sleep. And that can just lead to anxiety and irritability and more and who needs that in December stress <laughs> right exactly right. Cassie in addition to the bedtime snack I take 400 to 600 milligrams of magnesium glycinate at bedtime I personally also take one to two tablets of something called GABA it's an amino acid that produces more calming neurotransmitters and it helps me to sleep great Right, right. And I also take the magnesium glycinate at bedtime in order to get a good night's sleep. And what I'm currently doing in addition is not the GABA, but I'm doing, help me with the name, L-theanine. Oh, L-theanine. That's, yeah. And that's more recent for me because I like, I, I think this has happened to you over the years too. Like I was going along really good, really good with my bedtime stack and my magnesium. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that wasn't quite doing it. Okay. Something and, changed. Yeah. Yeah, and I forget if it was a conversation with you or or one of the other gals at the office and, and L-theanine was suggested, which is very calming as well, too. Yeah. I guess it kind of, it, it it stops my brain from running like a chipmunk during the night. Another amino acid, and I've read about L-theanine providing a deeper REM. Okay, okay. So you get so, that more restful yeah, sleep. Yeah, so because that's great. That's working for you. That really is working. But magnesium, I think a lot of people out there could benefit from because the research shows that something like more than 60% of us, mm-hmm. well over 60% of us are deficient in that mineral, and it does help with a good night's sleep. Well, we are already up against our second break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you're just joining us, this show is brought to you 
by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. But before we go to our next break, I want to add some more stress management eating habits. I gave you habit number one and habit number two as we went to our first break. Now I have habit number three for managing your stress. Choose vegetables and fruits as your main carbohydrates and avoid or at least greatly limit the processed carbs and the high sugar foods. So things like cold breakfast cereal and popcorn and granola bars, avoid those things. They've been shown to increase inflammation and they can put you on a blood sugar roller coaster ride. And I'll tell you, sugar is not part of a stress management plan. And then habit number four, before we go to commercial break, focus your eating plan on healthy fats. Eat foods with plenty of healthy fats like wild-caught salmon, tuna, avocados, olives, nuts, coconut oil. These are all healthy fats that will help to balance your blood sugar. And avoid the refined oils, things like soybean oil, cottonseed oil, corn oil, and canola oil. And if you have questions regarding stress management, call us here at the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Almost 80% of Americans are struggling with expanding waistlines. And in recent years, Americans have come to realize that the quick fix starvation type diets really produce short-term results. And in just a few short months, the waistline expands even more. It's kind of that whole starvation, back to binging. So the quick fix is not a permanent solution. And at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we want you to have real results that are real lasting. And eating real food and getting real support. So what we have in 2018 is something called Go Real. You can save 50 real dollars when you sign up for Nutrition for Weight Loss series, and you can do that either in person or online. So the $50 savings for the Go Real in 2018, it's available for individual nutrition appointments with a licensed nutritionist or dietitian, and then again, also for that Nutrition for Weight Loss, $50 off. If you want more information, you can just call our office, 651 699-3438. And we should let listeners know, too, that for the January Nutrition for Weight Loss series, we are offering two new times. We have a Friday morning time, 7.30 in the morning to 8.30. So that could be really good for stay-at-home moms or people that have a little bit of a later um, start to their workday. So again, Friday morning, 7.30 to 8.30 in the morning in St. Paul. And then we also have a Saturday Morning class, 9.30 to 10.30 in North Oaks. And again, that's for the January Nutrition for Weight Loss series. Nice to have that option. A lot of our classes are typically 6 or 7 p.m. on a weeknight. And some people don't do that well. You know, Mm -hmm. at the end of the workday, some people just want to go home. They're more of a morning person. And so... Right. Or think about all the kid activities. Right. And all the things that might interfere with... um, you know, an an evening. evening So it's just good to have mix it up a little bit. So that's great. I agree. So when we went to break, I think we were talking about magnesium glycinate being really helpful for many, many people to take at bedtime to get a good night's sleep. Cara mentioned the GABA that she takes. Um, I want to talk a little bit about chronic stress. We haven't really delved into that piece of the puzzle yet. If you are somebody that's 
excuse me, that's under chronic stress, you really need to have a proven stress management plan in place. And if you don't, today's the day to start thinking about what is that proven stress management plan. At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we have a lot of clients come to us that are caregivers. And if you're out there and you are a caregiver for your full-time job, you know that oftentimes you can be under chronic stress. You know, caregivers, think about how they they have to make sure somebody else is 100% cared for, but then they're mm-hmm. usually the first to let their own health slide. A lot of caregivers are sleep deprived. And then what happens when they're sleep deprived? They also, or they often find themselves gaining weight around that middle, sort of the spare tire area. And it's not because they're eating more, but it's because of their lack of sleep and that always needing to be mm. on, on top of their game. Because listen to this, what happens is one way that our bodies deal with stress overload is by producing too much cortisol. Now, to give you just a little bit of the biology or biochemistry on that, cortisol is a steroid hormone that's produced in our kidneys. And if we have continual exposure to cortisol, it usually makes us gain weight around the middle. So I'm sure some of you are now thinking, well, how do I manage the stressful job of being a caregiver and not overproduce cortisol? There have been a lot of books written on how to manage stress. They commonly, a common theme would be to develop a a relaxation technique, something like deep breathing, meditation, self-hypnosis or exercise. I always think of yoga as well. These techniques can work for some, but I have found for my stress management plan, it really has, the foundation has to be nutrition. So, you know, I actually do meditation myself and yoga on a regular basis, and I love exercise for part of my stress management plan. But what I have found over the years is that if I don't make nutrition the number one priority, The other things, I'm still going to end up with that kind of high cortisol, anxiety, stress at the end of the day. Right, right. So when I say, you know, a focus on nutrition, I'm talking about eating real food in balance five to six times per day. I understand that I need to keep my blood sugar balanced because one of the most stressful events I can expose my body and my brain to is having that low blood sugar So when our brains are deficient in glucose, and that's basically low blood sugar, I'm going to feel more stress and anxiety. And I think a lot of listeners can relate to that. I can relate to that. And I'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to that. And it, it, hearing you talk about all of that reminds me that when I'm going through stressful times, like the month of December, as I've shared (laughs) with Cara during the break, That's probably when I eat my most perfectly because I know that I need to, to survive. for you. Yeah. Yeah. So you really have to make that a priority, even in your busyness. Exactly. Because it does pay off in the end. Mm -hmm. And I bet linking the stress response to low blood sugar is a new way of thinking about stress and anxiety for many of you. But for just a minute, I want you to pretend that you're a caregiver and you always are making sure that the person you're caring for eats on schedule. You're making sure they get their meds on schedule. But you yourself are missing your lunch because you're so busy attending to that person you're caregiving for. 
And then you might miss your afternoon snack as well. And then what happens? By 3.30 in the afternoon, you're probably feeling shaky. Everybody around you is irritating you. You're feeling stressed out. You're feeling that anxiety level start to rise. It's because you missed your meal and your snack. And now you have a cortisol response that is way too high. And even though you ate fewer calories than you do on a normal day, you're gaining weight around your middle. Right. So it's not food that is making the person gain weight around the middle. It's the stress and the cortisol. It's the messed up hormones. Yeah. So maybe you're not a caregiver and that, you know, that example doesn't resonate with you. But perhaps you're in charge of a large department at your company and you skipped lunch and you didn't have a snack. So then around 3.30 p.m., your blood sugar takes a dip. And again, you're probably feeling shaky, irritable, anxious, stressed out. You get the picture? (laughs) I've personally come to realize that to manage stress and anxiety in my life, I, I need to eat every, I'd say two and a half to three, three, three and a half hours would be kind of the longest the that I'd like to go. And it consists of protein, vegetable carbohydrates, and a beneficial healthy fat. Now, on top of that, like I shared, I also exercise. I mean, I probably do something five days a week, including cardio, strength, yoga. I also do the meditation but I, you know, I get my five to six meals and snacks in first. Like I would, I would choose that over a yoga class for stress management. <laughs> and sleep. You know what? I would choose sleep. sleep. I do the same. I eat well. I like to get my exercise. That's a stress reliever. But I would choose the eating and the the sleep over the exercise, wouldn't you? If you yeah. had to, if you were pushed against and I you know, didn't the used clock. to, but I don't, you know. I was also experiencing more anxiety. Not your best self. Mm-hmm. Right. And so these days, you know, if I wouldn't set my alarm for six in the morning just to get that workout in, if it meant that I was missing sleep or I didn't have time to prep my food, right. I would get that extra hour of sleep because in the long term, it's going to help metabolism and it's going to help with chronic stress. And that more is more part- than that workout. And that's great. That's part of your stress management plan. And you're being very intentional, mm-hmm. intentional about what are your priorities to manage your stress well. And that's going to be different for everybody. But in general, sleep is so important and nutrition is so important. That's the point that we're trying to get across. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, you know, and I just I have a quick little story and then I know we need to take our final break. But I I remember back, I suppose this was maybe, oh, seven six, seven years ago when Marissa was in preschool and we were, she always liked to pick out her own clothes, of course, still does. And we're looking through her closet and whatever she was trying to find wasn't in there. I don't know if it was in the laundry or what. And she was searching, searching. I'm looking at my clock thinking, oh my goodness, I need to get her to preschool and I still need to get to work on time. Mm -hmm. And I could feel my anxiety start to rise and my temper start to rise. And I was about to blow a gasket. And then I remembered, oh my goodness, I didn't eat breakfast yet. The morning got away from me. And I said, Marissa, you keep looking in your closet. I'm going to go grab a quick bite to eat. Mm -hmm. I went and grabbed, I don't know what it was, probably a couple hard-boiled eggs, some grapes, and a handful of almonds. Protein, carb, Mm -hmm. healthy fat. Mm -hmm. I went back upstairs, and I could handle the situation 
with calmness. What a great story. So food really does matter. And we'll be talking more about that when we come back from break. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Before we break, I want to let you know that next Saturday, December 16th, we have a great show planned about the signs and symptoms of perimenopause. Tune in to hear Dar and Marcy as they interview Anne Louise Gittleman, the author of Before the Change. This book, called Before the Change, offers a gentle and proven approach to understanding your body's changes and controlling the symptoms during perimenopause. If you have friends or family members in perimenopause, please share this show or the podcast with them on the discussion centered around the book, Before the Change. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. In 2012, about half of all adults had one or more chronic health conditions, such as heart disease, stroke, cancer, type 2 diabetes, obesity, or arthritis. At Nutritional Weight and Wellness, we believe it's time for people to give up the old, outdated American diet and learn a new way of eating with real food. Is it time for you to learn to eat real protein, real carbohydrates, and real fat for your health? We really believe that food matters when it comes to your health. So let us teach you the real food way. And you can check out, we have a variety of classes. You can go to weightandwellness.com or call 651-699-3438. And you can chat with our knowledgeable front desk staff. You can share your concerns, tell them what you're looking for. They're and they great. can get you situated with the right appointment or class or series. They are great, aren't they, in kind of asking the right questions and figuring out, do people really need a class at this point in their life mm-hmm. or do they need a, a nutrition consult or, or what's going to yeah. be best? Yeah, so, they, they're wonderful to work with. They certainly are. So I have some research I, I would like to share, but first I, I want to pose this question because it'll be a really good lead-in. Are you somebody that thinks stress has a negative effect on your health? Or are you somebody who thinks that you can use your stress to your advantage? A 2012 study from the University of Madison, Wisconsin, found that a third of the 200 million people that they studied, so that's quite a chunk of people, a third of the 200 million people believed that stress damages their health. They also found that those who believed stress had a damaging effect on their health were sicker than those who did not believe this. Now, based upon that study, it would seem that the way you think about your stress could actually make you sicker than the actual stress itself. I mean, the mind is such a powerful right. thing. Now, this, I hopefully I'm not going off on too much of a tangent, but there is a TED Talk by Kelly McGonigal, and it's about that. I would encourage people to check that out. Is that a podcast? It's a TED Talk. It's like a YouTube video. Okay. Kelly McGonigal. And it's all about, it's 15 minutes long, how perceived stress can cause more like heart disease and cancer than the actual stress itself. <laughs> you know that I so need this today. <laughs> I am writing, it down. writing that down. <laughs> um, so on the other hand, people who can see the positive effects of stress prepared their bodies to deal with the challenges and were overall healthier. So, you know, and that's what we try to do at Nutritional Weight and Wellness because we've, we know this because we do this every day. But because of my brain and body's response to stress, 
I feel like I can more rise to the occasion. And, you know, I'm preparing my meals and my snacks. So I'm eating healthy food five to six times per day. So I have balanced blood sugar. My heart is not going to be as stressed. My digestive tract is not going to be as stressed. I have better energy, a better sense of well-being. And, you know, that probably wouldn't happen if I were not eating regularly. You'd be a mess. Right. I might perceive that stress as more negative. Right. And hearing you say all of that reminds me of that great article that you wrote a while back on stress. Do you remember that article? I do remember that. Yeah, I think it was posted to our website in 2016. So listeners could still go and find it. If you go to weightandwellness.com and click on articles, the title is simply stress. And just like Kara is saying now, this article says it too, you can't avoid stress. It's inevitable. It's going to be a part of our life. But what you can do is have a stress management plan, basically, and and handle things in a way that will allow you and your body to deal with the stress more easily and let it motivate you rather than make you sick. Mm-hmm. Now, if you were listening from the start of the show, you heard me say early on, have you ever thought about the fact that what you get out of your brain is determined by what you put into it? So now I want to focus on that question a little bit and talk about what nutrients we need to put into our brains so that we can think of stress as a positive and handle it in in the right way. And I already mentioned several times that I to do this, I need to maintain a proper amount of glucose in my brain at all times, morning, noon, and throughout the entire night. So the proper amount of glucose is key. We don't want too much. We also don't want too little. So You know, carbohydrates like pasta, toast, pancakes, bagels, bread, chips, all the Christmas treats and sweets, that's going to give our bodies and our brains too much glucose. That'll put you on the blood sugar roller coaster ride. Exactly. Then we're going to have the spikes and the huge crashes that make us feel more stressed out. Now, vegetables on the flip side are a great source of carbohydrates because they give us just the exactly right amount of glucose. In the bloodstream. And also fruits like berries, cantaloupe, peaches, those are all lower sugar fruits. And those are going to give us the proper amount of glucose. So we won't have the spike and crash. And don't forget to add the healthy fat. Exactly. And the protein. But yeah, especially that healthy fat. You know, I know you're familiar, Cara, with the book called Unchain Your Brain by Dr. Daniel Amen. There is a chapter title in there that I just love. It's called Eat Right to Think Right. So here's a question for all of you. Have you ever thought as you're eating your breakfast or even your lunch, is this food good for my brain or is it bad for my brain? I would think that if you're concerned about your memory and not getting Alzheimer's, if you're concerned about your mood, if you're concerned about your stress response, It's time to take your brain health personally. Now, if you're a person who has that bad habit of pulling through the fast food lane every morning for an egg and cheese breakfast sandwich, I think you must know by now that fast food egg sandwiches are bad for the brain. Now, on the off chance that this is new information for any of you, let me tell you what makes these egg sandwiches (laughs) so bad. 
Mostly, it's that the egg is cooked in refined damaged oils, like soybean oil, corn oil, or canola oil. And these bad fats have been found to damage the cell membrane. So true. So it's not the egg part that's bad. It's what the egg is cooked in. Exactly. You know, it's the oils are a lot of what is unhealthy about fast food. And our brain is 60 to 70 percent fat. So if you're eating those bad fats, you're going to have a bad working brain. Exactly. We now know that a key factor in having a successful life is your ability to deal with stress. And like we said earlier in the show, those who use stress in a way to motivate themselves and look at things in a positive aspect with stress can accomplish many good things versus experiencing the anxiety that we have from chronic stress. Right. So let that stress motivate you, but have that stress management plan in place so that you can deal with it well, I guess, is what we're saying. And as our show draws to a close, I just want to remind listeners that our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness is to help each and every person experience better health through eating real food. We know it's a simple message, but it's a powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Thank you for listening and have a healthy day.